Our first reading for this evening is from the book of Romans. Now I am speaking to you, Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you. Provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you too will be cut off. And even then, and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known on earth, your saving help among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples in equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May God give us his blessing, and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe of him. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. This is the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, Help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray together. 
Heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, present in all places, filling all things, gracious Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So I have a camera here, and I've got a couple of people over here, so I'm going to go back and forth, my head on a swivel, as it were. Uh, tonight, salvation is that not only the people of Israel will be saved, so not just, and most of us are in that everybody else category. So there's a beautiful sentiment here in the Psalms, Psalm 67. You can, you can hear replete through the Psalms this cry for all the nations of the earth to, to come into the kingdom of God. You see from the foundation of the world yet is victorious. We also hear it in St. Paul's writings later in the book of Romans. Remember, Romans is this huge, long letter to a really big church in the, in the city of Rome, in a really big city. A city not unlike in the... My people, the Israelites, the Jews, they did not believe. So they have been broken away. But they have been bro- a wild olive tree, or as Jesus says in a moment... In Matthew 15, you dogs, so that you all could be grafted in, so that you could not just be dogs or slaves, but you could become family members, partakers, those who dine with God himself. So that's the big picture. But there are so many things here for us to consider tonight on the 16th of August. First of all, I want to draw your attention to where Jesus is in Matthew 15 and what he's doing. Tyre and Sidon are not um, resort cities of Israel. These are up in the coastland with God's people. And so Jesus is retreating away from the people of Israel because you see, he's been ministering to them, hasn't he? The last few weeks we've heard that he's been compassionate on their multitudes. He's healed their sick. He's fed them even when the disciples didn't know what to do with that. So he's been teaching and he's been preaching and he's been going to quote the lost sheep of Israel. But now he's withdrawn. And why has he withdrawn? Why did he withdraw the last two weeks? To get away, to rest, to recharge, to reconnect with his father. So he's, he's not in ministry mode right now. Perhaps he's trying to set a boundary, if you will. Okay? And then we have this Canaanite woman. Now remember, the Canaanites were, the, were one of the tribes, and these were pagan tribes, meaning they worshipped idols. The Canaanites uh, worshipped idols in such a way to where they committed sexual immorality and they killed their own children. Okay, the Israelites would, would soon enough, after they occupied the land, this is one reason that Jerusalem was destroyed, because the Israelites sacrificed their own children in a similar way that the Canaanites did. So this woman was not a Jew. This woman was not someone who was part of the covenant, who had received the law, not a daughter of Abraham. Yet she comes up to Jesus and cries out to him. And she doesn't just call him by his name, Jesus of Nazareth. And she doesn't just throw out to him some you know, flowery terms, she calls him, specifically here in the Gospel of Matthew, the son of David. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. If you ever do not know what to pray, seems like a great time in life right now, doesn't it? (laughs) What do I pray? Have mercy on me, O God, O son of David, O Lord Jesus Christ. 
So she ascribes to him this very Jewish name. So remember, she's a foreigner ascribing to him this very Jewish messianic name, the anointed one, the Christ, the Christos. And she says, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. So, so far, we've got Jesus is away in a foreign town, a town that could be at enmity with Israel. A foreigner comes to him, calls out to him by this Jewish name, acknowledging that he's the son of David, that he's the Messiah. And then she says, my daughter is severely demon oppressed. So she knows something about Jesus that is that he's more than just a good guy. He's more than just a guy who has the right pedigree. That he is divine. That he can affect this demon-possessed daughter of hers. I want you to notice also that demons are real. Do you hear me out there on the interweb? Demons are real. They oppress us. They torment us. They wreak havoc on us. They are fallen angels who followed Lucifer, Satan, out of heaven. They were expelled from heaven. And now their sole job is to persecute the people of God, to sow confusion, to wreak havoc, to move against the things of God. In our collect, did you hear that? I, I could just preach the colic tonight. It's on page three and four of your bulletin. Notice what we ask God. We ask God to keep his church by his perpetual mercy. And because without him, the frailty of our nature causes us to fall. And so we ask God to keep us from the hurtful things and to lead us to all things profitable for our salvation. Demons would lead us away from all things profitable for our salvation. Demons would have us to not just doubt, but to leave because he is our source of salvation. He is the glory of God, born of a woman, born under law that has come to reconcile to himself all people and all things. This is a big, big story. It's the story of all history and it revolves around Christ Jesus. And one of the mysteries of it is that we Gentiles, who were not by birth Jews, who were not by birth sons and daughters of Abraham, can be sons and daughters of the Most High God. So she cries out to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And he responds to her. Now we think, what, how do we think of Jesus? You know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Or we may think of Jesus as like this, I always say De Plain, Illinois, because that's where all the John Hughes movies are filmed, you know, Breakfast Club, uh, Home Alone, etc. So generic white guy. So he's really kind and nice. He would never hurt anybody's feelings. What does he say to her? Page six on your bulletin. Well, first of all, the disciples are trying to get rid of her because, you know, they're his handlers. Get her out of here. Get this one out of here. And Jesus speaks to her. So he doesn't dismiss her. He doesn't ignore her. He hears her cry. Verse 24, he answers her. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he doesn't immediately grant her request. He makes a qualification. My dear, I'm not here for this at just this moment. But 
she came and knelt before him and again makes supplication. Guys, she knows what we need to remember right now in the era of COVID pandemic, in the era where we have such a desperate need for racial reconciliation, in the era of inflamed politics, in the era of social media, in the era where it's so easy to get so angry at our fellow human being, in whom is the breath of life, and who is made in the image of God. She understands and she gets it. And she falls to his feet and says, Lord, help me. Let me tell you what's not profitable for our salvation, as our colleague says. And listen, I'm not calling anybody out because I'm guilty of all this, just like most of the rest of us are. But most of what we experience around us right now in our culture, most of what gets tweeted and retweeted and this and that and all that stuff, that is not profitable for our salvation. Just because we find a podcast that satisfies what our itching ears are saying. And the next thing you know, we're like, well, what's this thing? And we're leaving Jesus in the dirt and we go off to some other philosophy or some other thing. I'm saying this, I'm imploring all of us because I've watched friends leave the faith, leave the church, leave the source of our salvation because it didn't match up intellectually or didn't feel quite right or because dadgummit, they wanted to make their own choices. Paul is writing to the Roman church. Jesus is speaking to this woman and this woman, guys, has it figured out. Lord, help me. He is our source of salvation. There are one million and one things that we could do that are not profitable for our salvation. But Christ is the one thing. Remember what he told Mary and Martha? Martha was freaking out about cleaning up the house. Insert your favorite thing. Freaking out about the election. Freaking out about the pandemic. Freaking about out whatever. But what did Mary do? She sat at his feet and she simply beheld him. Now I know we have to live. We have to do stuff. We have jobs. We have to take care of ourselves, our health. And we do have to do what's right for our families, our friends, for our nation. But our immediate posture should be like this Canaanite woman. It should be like this woman who was not in. She was out. And yet she cried out to Jesus, Lord, help me. And listen to what he says. So he still doesn't capitulate. He still doesn't give in to her. Verse 26, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Listen, I love dogs. There are other animals that I don't love as much, but I love dogs. And I, we have a little dog named Bailey at our house, and she's a dachshund and a poodle mix. Doesn't make sense, but she's adorable and beautiful. And we hold her like a baby every night. Um, even uh, certain members of my family are really attached to her. So she is a, she is a key part of our family. But she doesn't sit at the table with us to eat. She's not that much part of our family, even though my kids would love to feed her every night. She can't sit at the table. Yeah, if something falls on the ground, she gets it. But she's not that yet. So Jesus answered this woman, it's not right to take the crumbs of the family, of the children, and to give it to the dogs. And she says, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. 
she knows that this one that she's speaking with is the bread of life. She knows that he can feed her only in a way that will satisfy her. She doesn't get caught up in what he says to her. I mean, already she's crossed multiple cultural boundaries to cry out to him, son of David. She's fought off the disciples. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs get the crumbs. And what does Jesus say? Does he reprimand her? Does he send her away? Remember, she's pursuing Jesus Christ, God himself, the eternally begotten Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, an eternal word of God, the one that we confess is begotten, not created, of one being with the Father, through whom all things were made. She cries out to him, and he says to her, O woman, great is your faith. O people of St. Bart's, in this season of uncertainty and frustration and societal anger and reckoning and crying out and confusion, great is your faith if you cry out to Christ. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed. Keep us from those things that are hurtful and lead us to all things profitable for our salvation. We hear in St. Paul's writing to the Roman church that there's a, there's a condition to their being grafted in. Did you notice that? We, it's hard for us Protestants to say this. Justification by faith alone, the grace alone. We know all these things. But notice the condition that Paul says. Verse 22, note then the kindness and the severity of God. Take a minute to note that God is not like us. He has both kindness and severity in his being. We tend to anthropomorphize God, we, to make him like us. Or to make, well, God is love, and I know what love is, so God is that. Well, God is love, but his love is, is far exceeding anything that we can comprehend or fathom. In fact, if we were to come face to face with the love of God right now, what would happen to us? We would die because we cannot be in the presence of this fire of love. So yes, God is love, but it's, it's a consuming fire love. We don't quite understand it. But Paul's trying to communicate a little bit about this difference about how God is and who God is. Note then the kindness and severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, speaking of the Jews, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Hence my imploring of all of us to not move away from Christ, but to like this Canaanite woman who cried out, hear me, have mercy on me, son of David, to move towards Christ, no matter what's happening us, around us in this world. And as we move towards him, as we behold him, then we can speak in peace and in love to our neighbors around us. Then we can be a non-anxious presence to everyone freaking about, out about all manner of stuff. Then we can say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and, and just set it to the side for now. Then we can reach out to those who are different from us. And in the nature, in the being, in the grace of Christ, we can say, God loves you. God loves you. Hmm. May God be merciful to us and bless us.
show us the light of his countenance and come to us. And God, we pray tonight, let your ways be known upon earth, your saving, rescuing health among all nations. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.